Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to another episode of Other You. I'm your host, as the intro stated, Dee. Today on the show, I have with me a talented bartender, uh, a hilarious improver and joke teller, and he's originally from Massachusetts, been living in Chicago for quite some time. He's an avid gamer, not a good one, but an avid one. Please welcome to the show, John Shea. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Doing good. all right. Enjoying this uh, tail end of summer here. Right, right. Um, how has summer been for you? Um, it's definitely been the weirdest, probably. I can remember. Yeah. Um, definitely a lot of stuff going on I'm not used to doing, mm-hmm. but, you know, making the best of it. Good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Right on. That's good to hear. So John and I, we worked together at um, uh, the timeouts market before it uh, shut down for COVID related reasons. And it's, it's, it's currently back up, I believe it's back, back. Yeah. Open. They, they just got like a, mini like a mini open going on right yeah now, yeah it's very limited it's it's one of those places where you have to you have to have a lot of people come through to kind of experience it the way it was designed to be experienced it's a really big open space with a bunch of different food vendors a lot of community tables so it's it's an interesting predicament that they are in to yeah you know, maintain i can imagine like a high quality uh, like fancy cafeteria situation mm-hmm. isn't exactly ideal for time when you're trying to limit your interaction with other people. Yeah, <laughs> that is, that is absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. Okay. Uh, it's been an interesting, like weather wise summer. Um, I feel like I don't usually use my air conditioner here in Chicago, but this year uh, I used it for like seven weeks. Oh yeah. It was just hot all the time. Yeah, like, I'm always just like, let's open all the windows. Let's get the slider door open. Let's get yeah, a breeze going in here. That's what I love. It's been brutal. Yeah. Especially through through August. Yeah. Not, just not a whole lot of circulating airflow. Because I have learned that um, the 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 lot next to my building is is empty. Like There's no building there at all. So when I crack the side window and one of the front windows, I get this really beautiful like swirl of air that comes through here. And some, but it just didn't happen. This year, this yeah. summer, for the most part. Yeah, the place I'm in now, it's two floors and the air conditioning system controls both. Mm-hmm. So the upstairs just accumulates heat because it's got these tall ceilings. Oh, yeah. So for it, and then the sensor on how much the temperature is in the built in the house is upstairs. So it just runs constantly. Oh, and no. Downstairs will be 10 degrees colder. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so dumb. That's yeah, so dumb. I don't. That doesn't weird help. design. Yeah, that doesn't help. That reminds me of uh so the I think I feel like I mentioned this on a previous episode, but the um at at work on the third floor bar, the thermostat it feels like is near the ceiling toward like one of the one of the the doors or whatever. Where wherever it is, it's really really cold because uh, in the winter time when we were open, it was just constantly blasting heat. And even though it was like 85 degrees in that bar, it was still just blasting heat because it had no idea. 
Yeah, it would be like always hot up there. We'd yeah. like have the windows open. So you'd have this like freezing cold breeze coming in. Yeah. And then the hot heat coming from the other side of the bar. Yep. And it's like one of the well, they, one of the days I was up there, a couple of the bottles on the top shelf, just the the cork just went popped right out. Yeah. I, I saw that happen too. Yeah, it just shoots right up. Yep. Danger. <laughs> so oh. But all right. Okay. So um just as a heads up. Uh, for those of you listening, all these episodes are pre-recorded, um, before their arrival date. So whereas this is the first episode of 2021, we have no idea what happens with the election at this point. There's so many things we don't know. Yeah. Oh my God. January of 2021 is going to be a whole different, it's be like a different dimension in the Marvel universe. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, well, please welcome us to the the present day in 2021. Yeah. We have Tell no idea how we get there or, you know, whatever. But so this is where, so happy new year to you, everybody listening. Happy new year, John. Um, even though we have some happy time. new year to you too. Dude. That's, <laughs> oh my God. I almost like fantasize about being able to flash forward to the future because yeah. everything seems so bleak right now. Yeah. Everyone's mad at each other and angry. nothing's working. So much, so much anger. Oh my gosh. And, and, and we just, we have so much opportunity and time to fester in our anger for people because a lot of us are not going to work. So we're just sitting at our home, staring at the wall, jumping on Facebook and just screaming at people. Yeah. I, I saw this thing recently that, I mean, a lot of people that post on social media often seem to have this persona now that they're like these woke people and they know all about the, the, what's really going on behind the, behind the uh, screens and everything. Yeah. But apparently that's just like a defense mechanism that is a natural human reaction when you have like no control over your life. Yep. You just start deeming things as, as true because you need some sense of uh, control or understanding. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. Yeah. Holy, holy smokes. smokes. I feel like we should all just be in like one collective, like, meditation for the next few months and come Serious, out of this man holy that, that would be that would be great if we could just all just take a minute breathe count your breaths you know monitor your heart rate whatever it takes but just seriously just take a chill pill yeah the, the anxiety is palpable yeah, wherever oh, sure. you go for for sure and then you, you get people that, that respond to it in ways that are volatile where they're angry and screaming and i don't have to wear a mask i hate you you're stupid you know, and then you get those other people like you have to wear a mask. I hate you. You're stupid. You know, so it's like, yeah, don't control me. Don't don't threaten me sort of thing. You know, it's like you can feel judgment coming from everyone, mm-hmm. even if they aren't. But you're probably judging them and assuming yeah. they're judging you back. And yep. Can we all just get along? Right. Right. That would be nice. But we're not allowed to be anywhere near each other. So yeah. you, can't, you can't be <laughs> polite to strangers. You know, you're yeah. just like, oh, excuse me. You're too close. Back off. You know. If so. if there's one thing I've noticed in, in the past six months is that my favorite kinds of things in life involve large groups of people. Yeah. I'm like, oh, when I'm stuck with just myself and I can't go to this concert or yeah. I can't go meet that group of people or that birthday party is on yep. a Zoom call. Uh, it's tough. Those drive-by parties for kids and Zoom parties and stuff. Man, I, I hope those kids are coping well with it but hot dang just i mean to be a kid right now is you know i 
I think all kids deserve, you know, the benefit of getting a little bit of slack right now because it's just, it doesn't seem fair. Yeah. My, my sister raises her two boys and my uh, little sister and they have to be on computers all day. Yeah. And then apparently the class ends when the teacher's just over it. One of them's a kindergarten class, a kindergarten class on zoom. Yeah. Yeah. One of my, um, one of my guests, the one that I was, uh, the, I, th- I want to say the, the, the episode just before this one airs, uh, is she's a preschool teacher. And so she was talking about having to engage with the kids. Luckily for her, she's only dealing with one kid at a time. And the, like the mom or the helper is there along with her. But I mean, the idea of kindergarten or preschool on zoom. Yeah. I remember kindergarten just being like running around until nap time and Mm -hmm. then like running around again and somehow learning in between. Yeah, that's pretty much it. She said the the toughest thing for her is uh, because this, what you do with kids in kindergarten and preschool right now is you teach them teamwork. You know, you teach them how to share, you teach them how to interact with other kids, you know, what's, you know, appropriate behavior for being around other humans. And all they're getting right now is don't you even get close to that person. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. And then all those other, you know, skills, Mm -hmm. social skills, they have to get learned by, you know, parents or, you know, adults around them. And man, if you're like a only child right now, that's that's tough. Yeah. Because the parents are going through all the anxiety and stress that everyone else is going through right now. Yep. Yeah. But hopefully, you know, come January, this is all gone and we're just, yeah. Reminding everyone about the past. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are everything's remember. everything's all better now. Sounds that that would be amazing. <laughs> just just in January. It's like, ah, finally all done. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah. Goodbye, Wilbur. Goodbye. Oh man. Okay. Wash so, our hands clean of this. Yeah. Oh, appropriate. Because we have to keep washing our hands all the yep. time. Don't forget. Don't forget. Uh cool beans. So uh hit me with your decision. Let's just get right into that. And then we'll, we'll chat about that. Okay. Um, this was tough for me. Okay. Um, I, I could probably maybe fill up a hand and a half about seven fingers of like decisions that probably did have a, a far left or right turn, but some are pretty far away back and I couldn't exactly backtrack things that happened afterwards or what they caused. But, um, it's not as exciting as I'm sure other people's are, but just well, moving fair. to Chicago about six years ago was a, was a big, uh, you know, life changing decision that I, uh, have still feeling the effects of. Okay. Why did you move to Chicago? Um, yeah, it was you know, like six years ago or so. I was actually living in Orlando, Florida <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I had been there for three or four years. Um, it kind of went there just i had a bunch of friends that also moved down there they couldn't stop talking about how fun it was to be like 25 living in orlando it's warm year round there's always something to do there's okay. thousands of other people that age just going out and having fun never a dull moment and uh you know i got into a relationship with someone uh, her and i dated for a couple of years moved in together and then when we broke up, I had this like, oh, wow, I still live in Orlando. <laughs> I could have probably left five years ago. You know, I've, I'm, I'm already kind of done with this. Wow. Okay. And then um, I had met some friends down there 
that were from Chicago and had since moved back. Hmm. And they were like, you should just move to Chicago. Wow. And I was like, Chicago, like that small little Midwest city that, you know, no one knows about. Like growing <laughs> up in the East Coast, you know, you see movies, you mm-hmm. hear stories, you meet people. Everyone I knew was from the East Coast or from the West Coast or had like, you know, went and gone out to school there and came back or vacationed out there. And Chicago was like, I barely knew anything about it other than probably like, the Cubs. Everyone knows the Chicago Cubs. Sure. Ferris Bueller. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that might be the whole list of what I really knew about here. You know, everyone hears about the history with like, you know, prohibition and all that, but sure. I didn't think that would have much effect on the city nowadays. Right. And I flew up here in the middle of summer uh, as, a, as a visit. You know, I flew sure. up for a day. Uh, got picked up at Midway, got driven all the way up. You know, you pass the stadiums, you go up Lakeshore Drive. There's a beautiful day. There's, you know, it's like an 80s montage almost. People are kayaking <laughs> and uh, playing volleyball on the beach. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a beach here. There's like beautiful people everywhere running up and down the hill, the pass, right. biking. And then they showed me this like amazing Chicago summer day going out, meeting all these people, going to all these cool places, riding the public transportation, which I'm not sure I'd ever even done before in any city. Wow. And I was hooked. And wow. I think less than four months later, I, I had moved here. It was just one summer day was yeah, all it took it, to sell you on Chicago. Sold it. Wow. I mean, you know, summer here is kind of magical. There's so yeah. much going on in be, all these... I think the... Know, I want to say like a year or two ago, Chicago was the, it had the most like festivals, neighborhood festivals per weekend of any oh, city I believe in, that. in the States. And There's it was like an average of three. Like, yeah, there was like six to 10 festivals every weekend for like four months a couple of years ago mm-hmm. when we were reading about. Yeah. And like, they got what? these like great cover bands. Oh yeah. Like you're drinking out in the street. It's very European kind of feeling here. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I was like, I guess I'm moving to Chicago. Wow. Uh, the only downside I would say that original part of the move was I moved here in January. So there was a, it was like I accidentally got the wrong flight and went to a different city. It was a completely different experience Yeah. for the first few months until that next <laughs> summer kicked in. Wow. You know what? That's, it, it might seem wrong, but that is the perfect way to experience Chicago. You get sold on the beauty of summer, the the part of the year that everybody lives for. But then you yeah. come here when it's actual Chicago and it's cold and the air hurts your face and it's yucky. And if you come in January, you're like right at the beginning of the dookiest part of the weather. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, December is not that bad. It's not that bad. You get the Even, November yeah. first snow and you're like, oh, shoot, this is coming. But January, no. February... And yeah. then like that gross March. Yep. It's terrible. And yeah. I had moved here on some historically cold year. Like <laughs> I remember my mother actually was calling me a couple of days before I moved. And she's like, are you sure? I saw on the news. Polar that, vortex. Yes. Historical cold. There's already two feet of snow that's been on the ground for a month now. And I was yeah. like, well, there's no going back now, mother. I'm already on my way, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and you have to earn it. That's basically what it is. You, you, 
you go through that terrible winter and spring and then it's just, and it's a long spring, but then you finally get to that summer and you're like, oh yeah, this is what I came here for. Yep. You know, one thing that's tricky about Chicago too, is you don't really get buildup. You get the season until the day it's over and then the next season starts. There's totally, there's almost no middle ground. So you don't get to experience this spring slash summer day into like more summery than spring. And then, okay, here's full on. It's just like wet and too chilly for shorts and you can't wear flip flops cause it's going to rain at some point. Cold, 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 cold 94. Yep. Totally. Yeah. It is not a transitional period. It just hits and you're not even ready for it at all. Like, Oh, Ever. I wore pants today and I, I can't even walk. They're like yeah. soaked and sticking to my legs. Yep. Yeah. That's a trip, man. And then there's so much to do. It's almost overwhelming. That yep. You, you go so hard uh, in June and, and through July. Yeah. I've noticed the past few years in August, I'm like, even though it's still beautiful out and mm-hmm. there's still so much to do, I'm, I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to hang back tonight. Just, you know, <laughs> get some energy. A little tuckered. Yeah. 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 Hide yeah. in the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah, you'll have that. Oh my gosh. Welcome to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. For all of you listening yeah. from outside of Chicago, this is the experience <laughs> of, of, of the city, you know. There's there's yeah, a lot to do. There's a lot of places to visit, museums and uh, neighborhoods, pub crawls, all kinds of fun things to do. But I think that we just pack it in so tightly because summer exists for like 91 days. It's, it's short and fleeting. Yeah. And then like coming from, I'd like, I've always hated spring because, um, even though you might have similar temperature to fall in spring, everything's melting. So it's just wet and muddy all the time. Yep. And I just, I I can't handle it. There's there's those nights where it rains all night long. Yeah. The next day you can't wear this or that because it's wet everywhere. Yeah. And then it's like kind of warm. You're like happy with 65. Right. But it's probably going to be 65 for about two hours in the afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. And then it turns like it'll go up to like 74 and you're like, oh, this is not bad. But like there's so much water everywhere in the air, mm-hmm. on the ground. Now you're choking. So yep. even if you like plan for what could be a fairly okay day normally, you're just choking all day and sweating all over yourself and just uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not my favorite. I'm, I've always been someone I don't I don't get sick often, you know, okay. every spring and every fall, I get like deathly ill, have to take like a steroid or like an antibiotic for something like, um, like a uncontrollable cough or something right. like every spring. And I just know for 10 days of it, I'm going to be miserable. Yuck. And it, happen, it happens every year. So this year when it happened, um, this you, year I, I didn't happen. And I think I just wasn't outside enough to maybe uh, like get exposed to the, maybe it's allergies. And I'm just like, don't really know gotcha. if I do have okay. them or not, <clears throat> but you know, just being stuck inside. I think I was just, I was just borderline sick all the time. Kind of. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that, that, that makes sense. Cause I mean, I'm, I'm imagining if you, <clears throat> if you have this 10 day cough in like the onset of COVID, how many people like, I mean, what, what do you even do at that point? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I know people who have have been just getting tested for COVID all the time and they're not necessarily exposed to a lot of people and Mm -hmm. have any real reason to, 
But every time they get a cough or a cold or a runny nose, yep. like, they oh, start freaking out. This is the Rona. I'm dead. Yep. This is it. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. <laughs> I can't live like that. I couldn't live with the fear. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. The, just the, trying to be, just like just going to be back smart to, about it. Right. But going back to what you were saying about the, the anxiety being palpable, it just starts with that. Everybody's fearful of, or at least early on, you know, people are like fearful of, oh my God, do I have it? Do I have it? Mm-hmm. You know, or Did like I already have it. Yeah. How many people do you know that are like, oh, man, I had a cold in December that lasted a long time and sounded a lot like this. That must it, it was probably COVID. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. It almost gets to the point where like you it's like when a fad starts or a really mm-hmm. cool band becomes big. You're like, oh, I already knew about them beforehand. I, I'm already part of this club. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Like I never wanted it, but yeah. I have to brag now. I'm into this. I, I know about this. Yeah. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. Exactly. I'm tough. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. So let's, let's talk about six years ago. Uh, what was family life like for you? You said you have a sister and she's raising, you know, uh, her two boys. I want to hear, I want to say, I heard you yep, say, yep. and, and your little sister. Yeah. That, okay. that's, that's a more recent, uh, thing. Six years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, And like I, six years ago when I moved from Orlando, I'd already moved from my home, Massachusetts. Right. Four or five years before that. So I was about 10 years out of living back at home. Gotcha. Okay. And in that time, I was kind of the first person in the family to be like, I'm not going to live within a car ride radius of of the house. (laughs) Okay. Um, Since then, my my brother had joined the military. Um, He's been in the Air Force. Uh, for quite a few, I think at least eight years or so. Oh, wow. He lives in Florida, in Tampa Bay, Florida now. Okay. Um, one of my sisters moved out to Austin, Texas. Cool. Um, a few years back, and she's been living there since. And uh, my how other many, sister and her husband moved there? to... Uh, so my mother and father had four kids together. Okay. And then um, they separated, I think when I was in like fifth, fifth or sixth grade. Okay. Maybe earlier. Um, so we were all, you know, within like a 10 year age for frame. Gotcha. And then about 10 or 12 years after that, my mother had another daughter. Gotcha. So, and this is the one that's staying with your sister. And this one's now living with my sister. Yeah. My sister's, I think, yeah. 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. And she's 22 years younger than me. Wow. It's crazy. Wow. So she's like, what, 10 now? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Okay, so there are four of you plus... She would have been just four yeah. at the time when you left. Oh, yeah. She was really young. Yeah, she was definitely young style back then. Wow. Okay. So I, I you know, moved away and then did the Florida thing, mm-hmm. worked at Disney World, or started getting into, like, working at bars and restaurants back then. Right. So family life was... Um, more like I go on a trip to go home and see my family or go visit this family member or that. Um, I haven't really had a tight family unit Mm -hmm. for pretty much most of my adult life. Wow. Okay. Has that changed at all? Like, I, I feel like the same thing happened with me. I'm one of five. And when we were younger, I guess we were kind of tight. But then like when high school hit, we all super drifted apart. And then within the last like three or four years, we've started to reconnect and develop really good friendships. And then 
you know, interestingly enough, COVID really catapulted our friendship to brand new levels. Like we have uh, like text chats and things where we're keeping tabs and encouraging one another and sharing funny memes and all kinds of silly things. So has, has that, uh, has life, uh, changed for you recently or are you still in the, no, we're not really very close still in that stage. Yeah. I would say, um, like you said, kind of growing up and everyone kind of drifting off. We definitely had that. Um, there's also like a lot of like, you know, family stuff with, you know, parents divorcing and all that. Yeah. Where I think we all had a little bit of a different childhood kind of like based on how old we were mm. when all of that stuff was going on. Yeah. So I don't think, I mean, I know siblings that are like, they are tight. Yeah. They, they call each other on the phone every day and they've been doing it for 20 years and all that. Yeah. And I wouldn't say we had that. I'm sure that maybe some of my sisters and my brother might've had more of that in different times and they came and passed. Mm -hmm. But I would say now more so we're much closer. My sister got married last year hmm. and we all had to fly out to Austin for her wedding. Hmm. And we stayed there for like a week and we had to like, you know, get the big Airbnbs and all that. And I think that's when we like really all hung out and like realized we liked each other. <laughs> yeah. And got along and wanted to be in each other's lives. And that's kind of where it started from there. Okay. And okay. into growing into a better relationship now. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's so funny to me how that happens. Cause I too know some people that are like, oh, you know, my siblings were like besties, always talking, always hanging out. And I was like, man, I just, I did not have that. For a long time, I'd like to be honest, my brother, um, I've probably seen him more in the last full calendar year than I had the previous 10 combined. I, I would totally agree. I mean, I had seen him, uh, my brother at my sister's wedding and then mm -hmm. a couple years before that. But with him being in the military, mm -hmm. he was um, living and stationed out in Italy for wow. a few years and would come back to America you know, very randomly and not, you know, if he flew home or to where he was, you know, visiting someone he was, you know, dating or whatever, uh -huh. it wasn't Chicago where I right. was living. So, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, he's going here, he's going there. I'm living here. I'm, you know, sorry, I can't take a week off of work because I haven't, you know, yeah. I have my own life and all this other stuff right. I got going on. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's situationally, it sounds so easy to have these close, I'll see you all the time relationships. Yeah. I would find it hard even if we all lived relatively close because everyone's got their own lives. Right. But I mean, every, anyone in my family to visit is a, is a trip, is a taking yeah. work off and flying to them. Yeah. That's how it is for me. Like all of us are spread out so far. And even though my, my brother's in the South suburbs, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still like an ordeal to go down to visit him. And I'm like, I live South of the loop now, but before I lived South of the loop to get to him always took so long because I had to go through downtown traffic, you know? So yeah. I'm finally at a place where it's not going to take me an hour to get to him. But even then it's like, Oh, I'm going to get an hour. We're going to hang out all day. And then I'm going to come back at like midnight for an hour drive back home. Nah. I think there's probably something in our brains where if it's someone that's been in your life the whole time, mm -hmm. I think that you assume they're always going to be there. Yeah. So like, you know, when a friend moves away, you make sure you see them. And if, you know, you mm -hmm. haven't seen a friend in a while, you like really miss and want to see them. But with siblings, you're like, yeah, they're always going to be there. 
Right. I'll see them and see them in 10 years. Oh, when I have a kid, I'll see when they come visit the kids. Like, yeah, you don't have to work on the relationship because it's like built in. Yeah. I don't know if that's exactly the right way to, to look at things. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that's a pretty practical way of looking at things in the way that we like, um, take for granted stuff. Yeah. You know, so that's a good point. That is a good point. Um, what, tell me about the, you said you had just, you just started getting into food service, um, when you were in Orlando, uh, what, what was the job? What were you working? What were you doing rather? What was the job um, you were working? Well, I, I, I had been working at Disney world, which is a whole thing. Um, a buddy mm -hmm. of mine was like, Oh, I'll get you a job. Disney world. He's like a lifeguard there. I'll get you this lifeguarding job. So I was doing this like uh, water park job at Disney world mm. of all places. And right. one St. Patrick's day came around and he had worked like on the side or had like an extra gig or whatever, um, working at this Irish pub. And he was like, uh, they need some extra people for St. Patrick's day. It's going to be, you know, like a Lollapalooza of St. Yeah. Patrick's days at this bar. They just need someone to come in, change kegs, fill up beers behind the bar, do this, do that. And I was like, sure, whatever. That sounds like fun, honestly. He's like, we'll yeah. be able to drink and have a good time and everything. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, and I had a crazy, you know, 14, 16 hour work day there, lugging trash and, you know, getting covered in beer and ended <laughs> up making drinks and ringing in things. I remember some of the bartenders had like over a hundred checks they had yet closed out and everything. <laughs> and I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed like the constant rush of being in like a high volume restaurant like that. Yeah. And I ended up just starting, just started working there. I got hired oh, wow. and um, nice. I did, I did serving there, bar backing there, bar tuning. I, I was probably there for over two years. No kidding. Yeah. And I loved it. I mean, I ended up being one of those people where like the whole staff you started with was gone. And now you're like the old person from all the <laughs> new staff, you know, the feeling, you know, two years you yeah. became the vet. I love it. Oh my God. The turnover. It's, it's so funny. Yeah. Because this is not for everyone. No, it's not. I mean, not. The, the the hours is probably the biggest thing. I remember going to work at three in the mm -hmm. afternoon and getting home at like two in the morning. Yeah. For like six, seven days, sometimes a week. Yep. And just doing that all the time. And like yeah. my like my social time would be a couple hours around noon. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes like a couple hours after getting yeah. out of work in the wee so hours. Being, of night, yeah. yeah. You're out with people you worked with or people from other restaurants until like five in the morning. Yeah. And then you sleep till two in the afternoon and then you got to eat and go to work. Yep. It's yep. tough. Yeah. I, I mean, if uh, those of you listening, if you remember the episode with um, Lisa, she and I were talking about how food service, it like the, the one of the, interesting things about it is you work hard in that industry and then that's where you take your time off to like you go visit other bars you see what other people are doing you know you try interesting drinks at other programs and stuff but like your your off time ends up being at quote unquote at work oh yeah you're never really like completely separated from the yeah. environment even yeah. and there's almost like a fatigue from it yeah yep because your friends, yeah. you know, that don't work in that industry, they don't get they it. They want to go out on your days off, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> I want to go to the park. Yep. 
no, I'm tired, man. Just, just yeah. get, let me get some rest. No, let's go. Let's party. Come on. Did you have tomorrow off? No, let's go. Let's go out. Let's go. No, I'm good. The, just, the me, one thing I, you know, and probably what always kept me so close to it is if you just work all the time and you don't have the time to go spend all the money, I mean, you can save up a stupid amount of money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. I remember I was like, you know, I was young and still like learning how to manage money. It was the most money I'd ever been making. I never had some, you know, really profitable job when I was young, other than, you know, the, the paychecks you get every two weeks. And then, but having cash on hand every day, that was something I had to take some time to, you know, get learn how to manage and get used yeah. to. Mm-hmm. I used to, you know, you come home with all cash. Yeah. And if you just put it in your wallet, you'll be out the next day and just spend all that cash. Yep. So I would find all of these weird ways to like hide cash in my apartment. Like oh my God. X amount would go to the bank because it's always still disconnected to your debit card. Everyone else mm-hmm. can, you know, you spend your money like that. I was like putting it in old scotch bottles and in boxes in the closet. And then I remember when I decided to leave and counting all that money, I had like three or four times more than I ever thought I did. It was wow. It was fun. It was great. Yeah. Yeah, you sound you sound like my wife. She's like she likes like especially if if she's doing let's say when she's doing some freelance for every individual job, she likes to keep everything separate. Oh, <laughs> everything separate. So, I mean, she was uh working bartending at this um hotel at the time, but she was also doing freelance like graphic design jobs, and so she just liked to keep everything separate. Everything. So, no, these are my tips from this. This is my this from this. This is my this. so everything is in places because she's like now, if you just put it in your bank account, I mean, you're just going to spend it. Yeah, I'll get you know? sloshed together. Yeah. And then you don't know exactly what you made for what. You don't know how to keep track of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was like a weird. It got a little bit addictive. I have a kind of a collective collecting mentality. There's a lot of different times in life where I've gotten like really hard into collecting things. Mm. And at that yeah. time, I was genuinely interested in collecting money. Yeah. I would like organize all my twenties and put them together and right. put all the hundred dollar bills in this section and flatten all the ones out. And, you know, people do that with coins and stuff. And like, I remember yeah. bringing coins to one of those coin sorting machines. It was like four or $500 in coins. It was Jeez. insane. That's bonkers. Which was great. Cause when I moved to Chicago, there was no, I have to go find a job. Yeah. I had money for, you know, livable money for months on end. No worries. Wow. Yeah. Which was great because it was four degrees outside. Yeah. And then like also, especially in that, in food service, it's always tough to try and find jobs in January, February, you know, March is when things start to pop open. You know, people start doing hiring for patio uh, season starting in May, but it's hard January, February, hard. Oh, for sure. I remember I worked at a place that, you know, we'd have our little pre-shift meetings before a dinner service and managers in november december would be like don't forget like you guys are all making great money now but it's going to be you know once january 2nd hits it's going to drop you guys need to manage your money be careful yeah be smart you know spend spread this all out till the business comes back in march yep it's so true that's really kind of them though too to be cognizant of their employees and just like people just humans their spending habits yeah. You know, I've, I've, one thing I've learned about money making and, and having money by and large, people will spend money, like all the money that they have. Yeah. Right. 
And you just let you develop that habit. So if for 10 years in a row, you make 50 grand a year, you're going to spend 50 grand a year. You might save a little, but you're just going to get used to that. Now you double your income, right? For the next five years, you're not going to still spend 50 grand. You're going to spend a hundred grand now. And you were perfectly satisfied with that 50 yep. grand. Oh yeah. You were above 100%. your means probably. Yeah, totally. Totally. But you're going to spend it. And then now you're, you have double that. You're just, you're going to spend that too. That's just because it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a weird thing that I have experienced with life in life with people and, and money making. So that was thoughtful of them to like remind people like, Hey guys, uh, please don't spend all of it. <laughs> yeah. They're probably Save like, up. remember last year when everyone was screaming at us, they weren't making money. Let's remind yeah. them this year to not be yeah. stupid for next year. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So, uh, t- w- did you have any hobbies six years ago in Orlando, Florida? Six years ago in Florida. Um, um, uh, I've always been really big on to going to movies. I love going to the movies. I am one of the people that advocates for going to the movies by yourself. Yeah, me um, too. I like to go see a movie and then I like to read stuff all about what the movie was online and how it was made and then watch mm-hmm. every other movie by that actor or that director or that cinematographer wow. and like do a deep dive on what aspects of this led to that and how I get, I nerd out on movies for sure that's awesome um and especially with like working nights back then mm-hmm. i could go catch a movie sometime in the yeah. afternoon yeah and, hey brian I, you want to go Matt. see yeah something at noon tomorrow when it's six bucks to go to the movies yep yeah i love matinee movies i especially like i like going to the movies by myself um because if if i'm the only one that sees it i like to think that i just rented out this whole theater for six dollars oh i've I've seen tons of movies in empty theaters and it's, oh, yeah. it's funny. I remember, uh, feels great. I wasn't alone. I, I was with my girlfriend at the time and we went and saw, it was like a kid's movie that Martin Scorsese made called Hugo. Oh yeah. He like yeah. a little boy lived in a train. Yeah. That's a book adaptation. Up, it ended up having this way deeper story about like the origins of film and like the history of cinema. It was a great movie and he had made yeah. it in 3d. Yeah. Which was like, Nowadays, I don't even think they make them, or maybe they do. I would probably never go see one. I avoid the 3D <laughs> versions of Avengers and all of that. Oh, yeah. For but sure. I was like, this is going to be great. Martin yeah. Scorsese, probably his movie before that was like The Departed. Now he's doing a 3D movie. Yeah. And what was nice about living near Disney is they had the, the IMAX theaters and oh, like the big, huge yeah. screens. And we went to the midnight, you know, like the opening night premiere of that movie, Hugo. Mm-hmm. And we were the only people in the theater. Wow. It was really cool. That's magic. I love it. And I was like, how is no one seeing this movie? Movie theater itself, the actual, you know, you go in and all the doors and the candy and all that was packed, packed. And the woman at the, you know, counter or whatever, she said that everyone was going to see the, they had like revamped the Muppets movie. What? And they were showing the Muppets movie on seven screens. Oh my, that's and they, bonkers. At least six of them were sold out. That's why they were on seven <laughs> screens, you know? <laughs> wow. With the guy from How I Met Your Mother and yeah. Muppets. Oh, that's right. It was like Jason a huge Se- thing, apparently. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. He did that. I don't think I ever even saw it. And I Hugo haven't. was great. Right on. Right on. What kind of music were you into? Um, I would say alternative rock. Okay. Um, a, a thing about Orlando, which was 
you know, probably one of the reasons why I moved. Definitely one of the reasons why I moved. To Orlando uh, or from Orlando? From Orlando. Okay. Is that the the music scene there is pretty small. Okay. You know, I could probably name off 20 venues in Chicago. In Orlando, it was slim. Huh. They did have the, uh, they had the arena that the Orlando Magic, the basketball team played in. Right. Which would get, you know, your Beyonce's and, you know, if whatever 70s rock band decided to have a reunion tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the other places there, there was a few smaller venues, places you could see smaller bands, um, some kind of places that were more like a, like a hall where there's like a stage, but it's really just like open and flat one floor, no seating kind of things. And that was tough. Cause I mean, I love going to concerts. Right. Um, I've since started like collecting the concert posters that I've been nice. to probably have like 20 or 30 of those. And That's it was cool. really tough to not really be able to go to shows. You have to like drive out to Tampa. Ugh. Um, and my cousin at the time he, he was in a punk band and his band came through and played at like the house of blues, which was probably one of the better venues they had there. Okay. And I would see a lot of like punk alternative rock, that kind of stuff there. And I was like, that's awesome. You guys came. I never see any bands here. Mm. And he had said something like one of the members of the band was from Florida. Otherwise they wouldn't have been there. Because oh, when man. you're a smaller band yeah. and touring expenses are kind of coming out of your own pocket and you're making the money yeah. back by touring, you really have to be frugal with your miles. Yeah, no, that's fair. So if that you go fair. from west to east, you're going to go from New Orleans and then to Atlanta and then head up the east coast. Right. But if you go to Florida, it's all these hundreds and hundreds of extra miles that don't lead you anywhere. Cause then you have right. to backtrack back up. Yeah. So unless you're big enough and you're going to Orlando, Tampa, Miami, then yeah. back up to Jacksonville. I mean, that's, that's gotta be like six or 700 miles. Oh, at, at, at least. Yeah. At, so he said least. most bands will just shoot right across. And that was that's probably fair. why I hardly ever got to go to shows. Gotcha. Okay. So the music scene was also part of the draw to Chicago for you. Yeah. I remember I had been told him, see. I was thinking about moving to Chicago and he was like, dude, we go there on every tour, no matter what, sometimes wow. twice. Cause there's some, um, real like influential punk rock or heavy metal venues in the suburbs around here somewhere. They, they do a show mm. out there. They'll do a show, you know, somewhere here like the Aragon or the Metro or whatever. Sure. And that was like, really? He's like, oh yeah. Every band in Chicago, you have to. And huh. I mean, you have every kind of level of, of bands here. You can yeah. go to a Reckless Records and see a small little intimate show all the way up to seeing them, you know, at Soldier Field. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right on. Okay. So it was a huge cool. draw for sure. Excellent. Excellent. And pre-COVID, was- I was probably going to, you know, two concerts or more a month easily. Wow. Yeah. Freaking COVID. Man. Yeah, it's um, been a buzzkill to all my hobbies. <laughs> I, sure. <laughs> I, I, I braved the storm the other day and, and caught that new movie, Tenant. Oh, did you? Uh, How was that? At the music box. The experience was weird. They, uh, if you, I mean, if you haven't been in the music box, it's a very old fashioned movie theater. Oh, yeah. And Chairs it has like 900 seats. Oh, yeah. 
but they had closed off like with, you know, please don't sit here paper and tape. So like 80% of it all spread out. So we were in like this whole corner all alone and you had to wear the mask the whole time, which I totally get and would have obviously. Right. But it it took away from the music movie experience, I would say. Sure. I'm sure. I didn't even like, I probably would have liked the movie more if I didn't kind of have that like, you know, anxious feeling while in the movie. Yeah. Even though the movie does try to give you that feeling of anxiety, <laughs> <laughs> you know, messing, messing with time. And I don't know if you haven't seen the movie, I'm sure by January, yeah. everyone's seen it, of course. But right. It was a trip. Wow. Holy smokes. So that, that gives you guys an idea of when we are recording this, but <laughs> yeah, there's been like two movies go out to theater. Happy new year. Wow. Um, what was hit me with your typical routine? So we know you, you have made mention of you go to work at three, you're home around two ish. Um, sometimes you'll, you know, swing through, uh, catch a, like a matinee movie at noon or whatever. Um, did you have like a, no, this is how I start and run my day every day. This is what I do. This is how I do it. Um, I, I've had phases like that. Uh, I'm definitely someone who doesn't typically like rely on a schedule or need to do like kind of like regulatory things all the time. I I get in kind of like a, a slump when my life is too much like that. I need a little bit of a mix up. You know, even like no one likes to be hung over, but sometimes being hung over someday really kicks your day into some weird area. And then it's like, (laughs) Oh, this is exciting. I didn't expect this to happen. Right. I took, I took a Tuesday off of work. This is crazy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the best day to take off from food service anyway. Oh yeah. Tuesdays. That's another benefit is your days off. Don't match everyone else's days off. So like we were Mm -hmm. saying, the movie theater's empty, the grocery store's empty. Yep. The bank's empty. You know, yep. it's so much more convenient. Yeah. You can get sure. a restaurant, you know, a hard to get into restaurant because no one goes on those days. Yep. Yeah. It just cuts back to your thing of like, you get excited about going to restaurants on your days off from working at the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you well, never have a good funny. experience because you're being yeah. way too judgmental of everything that's going on. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, the if worst. there's something super cool happening, you're like, Oh, I love all of this. But mm-hmm. like, if, if you're like, Oh, this is easy and they missed it. Dang. Then you just get really yeah. judgmental and it kind of ruins it. I always try and keep a positive attitude no matter what. Um, but if like, if, if, if the server, so depending on where I go, right. If, if I'm not at like a super high brow, you know, uh, restaurant. <laughs> like very fancy type joint. Yeah. Um, then I won't like places. Yeah. I won't, I won't joke, but like if I'm at like a place that's playing like top 40 radio and like the uniform is just whatever comfortable clothes you have and it's kind of dark, then yeah, I'm going to mess with you and I want you to mess with me back. I don't want to be rude. I'm not, I'm not into that, but like let's, let's banter, you know, let's joke a bit, joke with me, you know, but if you're just like super stiff you know, because what you're having a bad day or whatever, it's like, dang, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, when when you can tell they're just like going through the routine, they're yeah. they're 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 reading off the script. The yeah. hardest part is like without sounding, you know, like a douchebag by trying to like convey to them that you are also a member of the restaurant industry. Yeah. Once you can like slyly, you know, sneak that in, and they like you can watch their shoulders drop. 
and they become relaxed and they talk to you like a person. Yeah. It's better for everybody. Yep. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, saying we should all get branded what we do for a living, but it would really save some time. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think what also helps in those scenarios and I'm like, I'm always a little bit trepidatious if I'm honest, uh, because, uh, working food service, meeting people that are like, Oh, I'm also a, this, you know, yeah. oh, I, I'm a bartender. And then they're just a huge twat the whole time. Oh yeah. I'm just like, man, don't totally be, don't be that guy because you make it, it harder for me when I go get places. a lot of women that go, Oh, I was a waitress in college. You're like, yeah. cool. That's not exactly what's going on here, but I appreciate you letting me know that 25 <laughs> years ago you were working at a restaurant yeah. at Iowa state. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I was really busy during game days and stuff. I sold yeah. a lot of cheese sticks. I yeah. know what I'm doing. There's yeah. a lot of uh, like keys you can pick up on when you are bartending yeah. people that are also um, typically it's that they're hungover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or if they sit down and immediately order some kind of like shot of Jameson or Malort yeah. or Shinar, they just like, this is how I start my meals with, with a stiff shot. And you're like, yeah. Oh, you must also be a bartender. You yep, have yep. a sleeve of tattoos. Right. Man bun. And, <laughs> I know and a this guy. t-shirt. Yeah. I know this don't guy. You, don't you work at that place? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, so if, if, if you're listening and you're unfamiliar with Malort, I'm going to say exactly one thing about Malort. I think you should try it. I don't care who you are. You should absolutely try it. You're not going to like it, but you're going to like that you did. Oh, I, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's all this stigma around Malort. It's like funny to make fun of it. Uh, people will tell you it's terrible or you'll hear a story about someone made you take it and not tell you, tell them how it was terrible. Yeah. But if anything, it's it's mellowed out. Um, For sure, a really a really great Chicago company, CH Distillery, has bought it out. Mm-hmm. They they make it's it better. Essentially, now. it used yeah. to be made in Florida with Gulf of Mexico water, yep. which some people will argue that they like that funkiness. They miss that funkiness of the Malort. Yeah, it, was, but, it was so inconsistent because so sometimes exactly. I would hate it, and sometimes like, oh, what? Am, why am I complaining? This isn't so bad. And then I would try another bottle. I'm like, oh, I do hate it. I do hate yeah. this. It definitely fluctuated and now yeah. it's, you know, they're measuring stuff now. So it's, it's oh, completely sure. different. Yeah, for sure. Oh and it's gosh. a Chicago thing and, and they've, they've done a really good job at trying to make it be like a thing that you bring with you when you go somewhere. Yes. yes. Like take it out of Chicago. I think they sell yeah. it in the airports now. Yep. They sell those miniature, mm-hmm. um, th- this might get like lost in everyone. Where I grew up, they were called nips. Nips? I don't, Nips. My whole life, those were always called nips. People call them airplane bottles everywhere else. <laughs> Do they look like nipples? I'm not sure. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but Man. that's what I was always told they were. And yeah, you get little four packs. You know, you yeah. you go back to Denver and you let all your friends try it. And it's a whole yeah. experience. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and it's, it's kind of part of the culture here. Um, at least yeah. in the industry the bartending if you have someone come visit and you live in chicago mm-hmm. you're gonna go to a bar and malort's gonna come up and they're gonna take a shot and yeah. they're gonna make a face and then they're gonna be like yeah it wasn't that bad yeah yeah especially now it's it's just not that bad it's not yeah. that bad it's, it's like fun. it's yeah it, it's not one of those things that you get and you mix with juice just don't don't do it there are oh, a no. few like malort cocktails that i've tasted uh and a lot of them really play up 
um, sour notes to kind of combat the funkiness of Malort. But yeah, it's, it's take the shot, enjoy the experience. Now you have the memory and a story to tell. So oh yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. The shot is the preferred way. I did recently have a, a friend, he made a, a Paloma, which is typically like a tequila grapefruit kind of cocktail. Oh, if he sure. made one without using any grapefruit. He, he got a way to get instead. He used the Malort and it does have a grapefruit. Yeah. I want to say like a 5% taste of grapefruit. Yeah. It's like, it's like just there's like a grapefruit sour in the other room. Yeah. <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it was, it was delicious. So you can play with it. Okay. And make it your own, but, but yeah, yeah. Just take a shot, laugh, have another yeah. one at last call. Then yeah. Drink everything else in the meantime. And then head to the 4am bars all around Chicago whenever they open. So many of those. <laughs> um, and six years ago, what were your hopes and dreams for your life? What, what were you, were you just like living day by day? Did you have a plan? What, what, what was tomorrow quote unquote looking like for you in 2006 in Orlando? Interesting. Um, I would probably say that. Wait, I, I keep. I didn't. I, I'm six sorry. years I ago, that did throw me off, but I was going to ride right through ago, there with you. Not 14 years ago. Six years ago. Yes. Um, six years ago. Six years ago, I would say I was kind of in a situation where I was like, what am I going to do? I had gotten myself like put right into a little place where I could get up, make great money, and just do that all the day, every day. But there really was nothing. Um, that I was doing that I really wanted to do. Mm. I just kind of got myself stuck into one of those places, which I'm sure tons of people do, you know? Yeah. And instead of waiting until I was, you know, retired or, you know, too late to decide, that was really why moving was part of it. I'm like, there's nothing here, nothing keeping me here. Mm. Um, I'd always, like I said, I love these, I love movies. I love the idea of like production and, um, you know, entertainment and all of that. Mm-hmm. And there, there was nothing really going on there that was something to like spark my interest. So it was a little bit of like, I feel stuck. I got to get gotcha. out of here, which really did lead to moving. And I, and I've, I've dabbled in a lot of those areas in Chicago since then, you know, right. which has been so fulfilling. Good. You did, you did some improv at IO, right? Yeah. I, um, I started, um, like everyone does at second city. Right. Um, I actually remember got some interest in a writing class they did there. I've always been into writing. Okay. Um, I took a class there where they teach you the second city style of writing. Everyone knows, you know, second city connection with improv, but most of their shows are performed, you know, as, as sketches. Sketch, you know, yeah. And, um, it was a great class, a, uh, great teacher, this guy, Patrick Rowland. And he basically was like, if you like writing, you should try improv. Improv will lead to better writing. It'll, you know, really help you learn how to flesh out a scene and everything. And I was like, sure. So I signed up for improv. He ends up being the teacher for that class too. <laughs> okay. So I did that for um, about a year or so and met some great people, had some great times, put on some really fun shows at Second City. It was awesome and nerve wracking and really great. Yeah. And then somewhere near the end of that, a lot of people were like, Oh, if you're serious about improv, you should go to IO. IO is where the real improv yeah, happens. Real improv is, yeah. The one that like the nerds like, and that like, <laughs> I was like, cool, I'll do that. 
and it was a much different atmosphere. Uh, yeah. It's people take it way more seriously. Yeah. A lot of people go in there with their notebooks and in tune in 10 years from now, they're the next Will Ferrell or, you know, Amy Poehler, who have you. Yeah. And it was less fun because of that. And it felt more restrictive, which angered me almost that improv could have restrictions. Right. But um, I learned a ton and met a bunch of great people through that. Got to meet some really big, well-known improvisers. Got to improvise with some people that have been on like big TV shows and all of that. It was Mm. great. Nice. And um, through meeting people with that and just other people I knew the rest of my life being like, oh, John, he does improv. I was able to get into other things. Uh, I got to even, you know, swappily, I would say, but uh, work on a TV show. I got to like write and produce a TV show. Nice. A comedy style show that was here in Chicago. Um, Does not since exist, but it was fun. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So once I put myself in the right city, the the opportunities to chase after what you wanted, you know, to the full 180. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So just the the amount of money you were making in Orlando kind of kept you content, but it wasn't something that you were really aiming for. That wasn't the future that you had hoped for. No, it wasn't, uh, rewarding other than, you know, financially. Yeah. And I mean, it was very, it's very inexpensive to live there. That would be another thing. It was very easy to, you know, build up a nest egg or something like that. Cause growing up, I was never taught about money. Uh, My parents never particularly like, were well off in any way so i never it's like you said before i I didn't i spent as much as i made yeah so i spent a couple years learning how to save and it's been it's been beneficial i definitely don't regret that cool right on and it was so much fun i mean yeah if you work at a restaurant you're gonna work with fun people there's gonna be a bunch of crab apples and that's just their crab apples because they used to be fun and, and now they hate their lives. That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah. You have to, yeah. you have to remember they probably used to be having a good time. Yeah. I mean, everybody has fun when it starts, but mm-hmm. I think that because there are these just waves of, man, this is great. And oh my God, this is the worst. You know, you, you get a little bit of that experience that happens. And then when the worst part lasts longer than it feels good to deal with, I think that's when you start getting jaded Then you just start losing your patience with people. And then, you know, you, you just start demanding and expecting more, you know, and then you start dating somebody that works there, you know, sleeping with <laughs> someone that works in the kitchen or the hostess or whatever. And then that just sullies everything else because, oh, yeah. you know, just being in an, in because those relationships never end on positive notes. It's not like you both amicably, amicably decided like, Hey, you know, maybe we should, maybe we should, you know, go after other things because it doesn't seem to be working out. It's just always really volatile and angry. And then you end up sleeping with them. And the, again, you know, just to remind yourself of how terrible decision this is. So yeah, there's just so many opportunities to be jaded. Oh, I mean, it sounds like you're talking to me like we had a pre-interview and I already told you all of these things about my life. (laughs) (laughs) D does not know these things about me. I don't know how he brought that up. I have no idea. Yeah, it's like, it's great, you know, you you meet someone working there and it's fun and then it's like a little bit more exciting to be there because it's someone you want to see is there. Yeah. (laughs) And and then that ends and then you still see them every day regardless. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> like I'm not sure many you know people break up with someone. All right, I hate you. Oh, I hate you too. All right, I'll see you tomorrow at work. Do you want to ride? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that would be great. I don't want to take the bus tomorrow morning. I'm going to be exactly, tired. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's that's hilarious. Oof. And and then you're adding alcohol to all of this, which is oh, a whole yeah. other aspect. Yes, that that is a can of worms. Yep. Extra to all of the emotional nonsense of life. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different kinds of people, obviously. Yeah. And that kind of job. I'm sure most to all people could do, but for a limited time for oh, most for of them. Yeah. The people that are able to navigate through that industry for, you know, a career for, mm-hmm. you know, a decade, five years, it's, it's, it takes a lot. Yeah. That's why there's that famous turnover. People come in thinking, Oh, I have a friend that makes easy money. I'll come do this. And they can't really? even get to work. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Um, all right, let's round this out with, uh, hit me with your favorite quirk about yourself from that time. Uh, oh, that's an interesting question. I've probably never been asked that before. I really liked my ability to, uh, make fast friends back then. Okay. I uh, kind of became like the the late night guy at the bar. And the bar had a lot of people that came in all the time. And it, some of those people I ended up becoming friends with for years, like still to this day, uh-huh. um, just because, you know, I'm not the kind of person that like needs to have known you since high school to be friends with you, that kind of thing. Oh, for sure. Um, there's a yeah. lot of people like that. They, they like their old click. They don't want to add anyone or subtract anyone. Right. And I was just always ready to go, ready to have fun. Let's do this. Oh, so-and-so's house after work. Sure. Let's, let's go. It. It'll be, it'll be yeah. great. It got me into a lot of trouble too, but <laughs> for sure. But I do like that about myself, you know, Okay. kind of being a, a yes man. People say that a yes person. Okay. Not, not the supportive, like, oh, here's a person, every idea they say, you say yes to, not that kind of yes, man. The the no. agreeable, like up for anything, spontaneous, like, hey, you want to go? Yep. Yes, I sure do. Yeah. I'm like sort thinking of, of the Jim Carrey movie where he has to just do everything to that's offered yes. to him. Yeah. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah. I, I was, I was very much back then be like, oh yeah, let's go. I'll deal with the consequences tomorrow. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> like I said, got me into a lot of trouble, but. Oh Yeah countless amount of experiences experiences that i wouldn't have gotten otherwise wow John you know, let's, let's drive out to the beach to watch the sun come up okay let's go yeah why not i might fall that asleep on cool. the way back right but it's still it was i still remember it it was a great time oh man i've done that a couple times that always feels good yeah that always it's feels a good, good refresh yeah i, I remember made a point I, of oh go ahead sorry no i'm just i'd like I've, i remember one time we we went and we saw the sun come up at the beach and we got kicked out. <laughs> as soon as the sun come to, uh, came up and they saw us out there, they're like, hey, hi, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. At the, the time I'm remembering fantastic. specifically, we it was about an hour and a half to drive out to the coast down there. And okay. almost immediately as soon as we got there, it's, you know, 20 minutes before the sun comes up. It just was a tropical storm. <laughs> We were like hiding underneath one of those like wooden steps down to the beach. Oh my god! Getting blown across the sand. It was, it was horrible. But I'm. It was so much fun. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Cool beans. Yeah. Cool beans. All right. Um, I think we have 
I think we have a lot here that we can play around with. Um, and there were, there weren't just so I understand there weren't any other prospects for you at that time. It's not like you were thinking about, Oh, I might go here. I might go here. It was just like, ah, I, I'm kind of sick of this. I kind of want to get out of here. And one of your friends was like, Hey, why don't you, why don't you come on up here to Chicago? Was that it? Or were you, were you seriously considering anywhere else? Um, I can't remember at the time, seriously considering any other places. Okay. Um, I felt really limited. Like I didn't know a ton of other places to go. Really hadn't been to a ton of other places back then. Okay. Um, and you know, I, I, I did, I guess a little bit, uh, in like a fearful way. I wanted to go somewhere where I at least knew someone. Yeah. I don't know if I was brave enough to, to like, you know, head West all by myself. Right. Okay. I did have a a weird plan where I was going to, I did think I was going to buy one of those, uh, uh, cross, I was gonna like buy a bicycle and like be one of those people that bikes across the country and, you know, live in a tent (laughs) for a while, but that was a silly idea. I like this idea. (laughs) I like this idea. I remember doing the research. There's these little tents you can buy where the bike is, you know, one part of the lean to. Yeah. And these are like, you were talking about a bicycle or a, a bicycle. Yeah. A bicycle. I always had a little bit of a forest gum mentality with uh, uh, just going off and having different adventures every couple of years. Man, I, I, I can so identify with that. I can so identify with that. I feel like um, I have mentioned this to people that in my twenties and even into early thirties that I really had, I was motivated by like this vagabond spirit inside of me. Oh yeah. Where I'm just totally willing to like, okay, I'm done here. Let's get up and let's go. Where are we going? I don't know. I don't care. Somewhere new. Let's do it. You know? I mean that movie, he, he, he's everywhere. And the, the kind of joke or humor of it is that, he doesn't really have any control. It just keeps happening to him. You know, yep. he's in Vietnam and then he's meeting a president and then yeah. he's, you know, owning the biggest shrimp company in America. <laughs> and I loved that. I'm yeah. like, you know, like some people's lives all take place, you know, in the same town and the same mm-hmm. people around them. And I was just like, if you only have one life, is that really what I, I would just, I could get bored too easily. Yeah. I remember thinking a couple of years ago, how, oh, wow, I'm still in Chicago. Am I supposed to be gone by now? Am I supposed to be <laughs> on to the next place? Right. But but I, I, I really love it here. And I'm not sure I am that same, uh, like you said, vagabond anymore. Right. Yeah. Wow. But you never know. Yeah. You never know. Could come, be. Jul- come, come January, I could already be somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. You might be listening to this from your, your tent in, you know, the... Yellowstone National Park where you're Ooh, a park I, I was hoping you'd say something like that or, you know, like Vancouver Island. Yeah. Oh, I love that show. I love that show, man. It's alone. I Guys, love you knew exactly what I was talking about. Oh, 100%. 100%. <laughs> My oh, favorite aspect of that show is the people that do so well leave because they're bored. Yeah. It makes me angry when they leave, but I'm just like, I get it. Dude, this is so easy for you that you're like, I'm done with this. Yeah. You break your leg. You lose like 45% of your body weight, some crazy thing. Of course, go home, get back to your family. But then there's the people that, you know, build a house out of mud and have enough fish for six months and they're just bored. Yeah. Like I can't play, you know, paper flip football with myself anymore. I have to get (laughs) out of here. 
<laughs> for a million dollars. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. But I love that show. I love that show. Oh man. Is it called Alive or Alone? It's Alone. 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 I always yeah. call it Alive. No, that's the move. That's a 1990s movie about that football team that crashed in the mountains and they had to eat each other to live. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was intense. I feel like they referenced that in Rick and Morty. Oh, probably. That show. Another great show. Yeah. All right. So at this point of the show, what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. We're going to listen to some music. And when we come back, I will read John, the story of other John, and then we'll discuss it. We'll see exactly what kind of adventures other John might get up to. Maybe he stays in Orlando. Maybe he ends up getting that bike and goes for a ride and we never hear from him again. Let's find out in just a few minutes, but enjoy the music. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that little musical break. Again, I'm with my guest, John Shea. If you'd like to follow him on Instagram, uh, and this is more so just 
to see what he looks like besides the the photo that's on the website. It is at John Francis Shea, like the stadium. Um, yeah, you about yeah, ready? Uh, the stadium. Yeah, you about ready to get into this story? I'm excited. Heck yeah. I, I can't even tell you how long I've been waiting to to hear this. Yeah, <laughs> great. All right, so here is the story of Other John. Dude, are you kidding? Is this really what Chicago is like? It's magical. How many festivals did we just go to? Six? Seven? I think I'm sold. I'll move today. Other John excitedly reacts to a long weekend during a tame summer weekend. The average temperatures resting comfortably within the mid-80s provide the warm days akin to a bustling and active Chicago summer weekend, envelop John and enraptured his heart and mind. Yeah, thank you so much for suggesting that. I'm definitely moving to Chicago. Other John relays to his friends sitting at the bar with him at Hanson's Shoe Repair. Huddled in the corner of the narrow galley, Other John rests his head against the cool brick wall and stares into the myriad of colored liquid perched on the shelves behind the bar. His two friends, Richie and Herb, fill in the empty spots at the small round hip uh, high top table, not hip hop. Richie interjects, man, I'm so glad to hear it. I love Chicago. You're going to love it there. Through squinted eyes and a wry smile, Herb calls out, hold up. You went for one weekend and you're willing to move? You don't even want to consider anywhere else? What about Austin? My boyfriend and I are moving to Austin. It's one of the fastest growing cities, has an amazing music scene and food scene. Why don't you just come visit and you can weigh your options a little better? Besides, I'm pretty sure Austin is further away from Orlando than Chicago is. No chance it's further. Texas is like two states away. Chicago's almost in Canada, argues Richie. Well, let's see what Google has to say about it. Other John searches his phone for the distance between the cities and finds himself down a rabbit hole. Comparing flight times versus train routes versus riding a bike versus walking. Rejoining his friends, you know, it's only 214 hours walking from Portland to San Francisco. You would think it'd be longer. There are mountains all over the place there, right? That slows you down, doesn't it? Herb and Richie belly laugh. Other John joins in briefly before continuing. No, seriously, it's only like not even 10 days to walk that. That would be really impressive. You want to come to Austin with me for a few days or are you really going to try and walk from Portland to San Fran? No, I'll, I'll definitely come to Austin with you. I fell down a rabbit hole. Sorry. You want to walk there? Other John asks with a large smile, slowly letting his eyes close. Ha <laughs> Hell no, man. Come on. 1,126 miles later, the rented minivan pulls up to 3rd Street and West Avenue. Herb's boyfriend, Abel, moved out to Austin a few weeks ago and landed an apartment in the Gables West Avenue apartment building. The sun beats down from its noonday position, pounding the tops of their heads, shoulders, and exposed toes. The air is dry, so instead of choking as one does in muggy Orlando, Other John walks through what feels like an endless array of open ovens without the pleasure of the waft of baked goods to remove some of the sting of inhaling the hot air. Other John, walking like one dazed, traversed the courtyard slowly. He scanned the area, noticing bright green grass just outside the complex, the quaint rock garden in a shallow pool of clear water, the multicolored shrubbery at the base of the desert stucco-colored building, his pace quick, quickens as he enters the building. Enjoying the chilly air-conditioned respite, Herb's boyfriend, uh, Abel, leads them to the pool area. Dropping his bag near an empty pool chair, Other John hikes up his shorts and tucks his sandals under his chair. He steps into the water and is transported. Other John looks out his south-facing window. The cool of the evening remains despite the rising of the sun. Other John's south-facing apartment looks over the west, 3rd Street. In between two buildings are what he call uh, what he affectionately calls the goalposts, quote unquote. He sits down with his mug of tea and a paper football. There's one second on the clock. The Pats are down by one to the Texans. The AFC Championship hangs in the balance. 
Goskowski readies himself. Other John flicks the weighted paper triangle. It soars through the air toward the open window before veering right and bumping into the wall, falling safely to the floor. Oh, shit. Game over. Oh, well, who cares? We'll try again tomorrow, boys. You'll get a win tomorrow. I am sure of it. Other John snickers to himself before heading to the couch, kicking his feet up and slowly sipping his tea. His early morning routine starts later than most. The clock on the wall reads 1141. The bustle of the evening shift at Draft House Pub and Brewery yet weighs heavy on his sleepy eyes. Sometime later, wake up, wait up, guys. Other John says, muffled through a mostly closed mouth, desperately holding two cigarettes between his lips. I'm coming. Just give me a second. He shifts his feet, trying to find the most stable position on his oversized paddleboard. Don't think I don't know what you gave. Uh, don't think I don't know you gave me the kitty board, guys. This thing is huge. Like, this could totally fit Jack and Rose. He wouldn't have drowned if he had one of these. Rip. The small crowd of friends erupt in laughs and snorts. A new addition to the group, Cherry, calls out to Other John. Are you saying you need some help? You need someone to stand with you? Other John fastens his paddle under his arm and puts a cigarette on each ear. Clearly, he retorts, What? No. That doesn't sound at all like I said. I was talking about Jack and Rose. We haven't met. I'm Other John. Wait, are you Rose? Did someone let you die? Or did you let someone die? Through giggles, no, I haven't let anyone die. I was a lifeguard uh, for all four years in high school. If you fall, I'll save you. Don't you worry. Yeah, but are you Rose? I'm cherry, like the fruit. So I guess the same color as a rose, but not from the movie. Well, that sounds adorable. I had no idea your name was Cherry, but I can see the connection. I can only think of one movie about a girl named Cherry. Is it, is it called Cherry? It, it is called About Cherry, other John corrects. What about Cherry? It's what about Mary? There's no Cherry in that. Other John offers again. The two share a quick, playful glare. You are named after a fruit. That's amazing. Are you tart or sweet? I mean, being a lifeguard, were you one of those always yelling at the kids, trying to do flips off the diving board? Or were you with the kitties holding onto their chubby little bellies while they flailed about trying not to drown? Cherry smiles, looking up as she fondly remembers. I lifeguard kids. And they do exactly that. Have you worked with kids before? Other John excitedly recounts, oh, no, no way. I learned to swim when I moved to Orlando and they told me I was like a three-year-old flapping and flopping through the motions. I thought that was a little rude. I mean, I'm trying my best here, right? I did learn eventually. Aw, that was rude. Learning to swim as an adult is hard. Little kids don't weigh as much, so they don't have to work as hard to propel their tiny bodies through the water. Did you, did you just call me fat? Ouch. What? No, I didn't. I swear. I just mean adults are bigger than little kids. Other John flashes an imp impish smile. The group paddles down the Colorado River for what feels like years. The sun wanders across the sky. There are intermittent clouds providing a modicum of shade sparsely throughout the day. As the sun dives behind the horizon, a cool wind floats over the water. The river is still. The group form a circle, lie down on their paddle boards, and hold hands to keep everyone close. The stars poke through the waning light and fill the sky with their brilliance. Herb initiates. Hey guys, I'm so happy we could all make it out here. Thanks to the John and Cherry for coming. I know you two haven't been uh, a part of the group here long, but it was really nice having you out. We try to come out here every so often when the sky is clear. Some of the best stargazing around. Other John takes a deep drag on his cigarette and lets the breath out slowly. As a, as a brass player focusing on a single note through tightly pursed lips, causing a slight whistle at the tail end of his breath. I don't think I have ever loved stars as much as I do right in this moment. They're beautiful. You ever wonder which ones are named and which ones aren't? People do that, right? They name stars after their dead family members, right? Can I just name one? I'll pick that one, the bright one there. If you see those three in a row, it's just a little bit down from that or up. I don't know what you guys see at the end of the circle. 
The lone one? Serious? Cherry offers. Uh, yes, I'm serious. Um, I'll call it OJ. Not like the juice or the football player. Maybe I shouldn't call it OJ. Other John? Yeah, it'll just it'll just be my name, Other John. Laughing, Cherry clarifies. <laughs> I meant the name of that star is serious. Oh, well then. Uh, the dimmer one next to it, then I don't know. I just want to I just want to be a star in the sky. Herb interjects. Well, you're already a twinkle in mine. Abel quickly responds. Oh, thanks, sweetie. The group giggles for a moment. The rest of the evening is spent hypnotized by the endless summer night sky. The end. Wow. What a cool dude. Right? <laughs> Damn, other John. Yeah. Oh, man. I'd be nervous to meet that guy. Yeah? Yeah. I don't know. He sounds carefree. Are you not? I mean, I guess you didn't delve into the like neuroses and stresses of his life, but <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. The the Austin, the the paddleboarding on the river, the the no the no caution to talking to a random girl. Mm. Wow. I I got to give it up to him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I don't know. I just, I, I've, of all the conversations that we've had at work and stuff, you always seem like super chill and cracking jokes and, you know, personable. Oh, totally. No, I, I, I'm not, I'm not faulting you for that assumption. It's just like, uh, oh, what is it in, in fight club where you have like a perceived self, like the one uh, you see in the mirror. Yeah. It's like you set that person free. Yeah. And let him go live his own life. <laughs> And other yeah. John was like, sorry, John, you're, you're dead weight. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm leaving you behind, homie. I'm Did he walk to Austin? No, he didn't walk to Austin. I oh, just thought I it thought was he, funny. I, oh my God. I love that. Like 10 days later, he, yeah. he showed up in Austin with his backpack <laughs> and a cowboy hat. Yeah. Nah. Now nah, you, you rented a, you rented a minivan or other John rented Even a better. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. I just you think. Do, you, you traveling to Austin by yourself? I'll take the minivan, please. Yep. Yes. Yes. That's, that's so perfect. Yeah. I'll be sleeping in the third that. row. Yep. <laughs> oh man. And Cherry sounds great. Yeah. She sounded cool. I she know, sounds I just, like she doesn't like uh take shit, but also like is sweet. Yeah. She's sweet and tart, like a cherry. Yeah. I thought that I thought that would uh I thought that would hit. I was uh I was thinking of like, all right, so let's let's think of a girl that's that would kind of like spar with John. Right. Oh yeah. And just, I love a good uh, yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, um, I think it's fun when you meet somebody that you can kind of match wits with. Like joust know? with a little bit. Yeah. You know, you're not Perfect. trying to get over on each other. You're not trying to like, no, you're dumb and I'm going to show you how you're dumb. It's just like two people oh, going back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think my own like self-deprecation or, or doubt is like, Anyone that likes me must be an idiot. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so when they like, you know, don't really think they like you, but are like interested, mm -hmm. that's, that's right. That's my center. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. That's great. Oh man. I like the move to Austin too. Um, yeah. I figured, I mean, like, did you, you didn't, I don't remember hearing you say, did you, did you consider moving to Austin? No, I, I never really considered anywhere. Um, okay, you just saw it was just I saw Chicago and I'm sold. I'm out. I'm moving. Yeah, I put it gotcha. right in the right in the sights. Gotcha. Yeah. So I feel like if you would have seen Austin, I feel like you could have had a similar similar feeling, especially at that time. 
like Austin was one of the fastest growing cities in the U.S. Yeah, based on the you know what actually happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I was pliable enough that I would have went anywhere. I could yeah. be in Baton Rouge. Wow. You know, if if I had just taken that trip and had, you know, I'm sure there's an amazing day you can take in you know Saskatchewan, right? And that could have convinced me. Right. And on. Austin, obviously. I mean, I I've since been there. Okay. My sister lives there now, and oh it's cool. yeah, that's it's a, cool. That I like a Austin. Cool place. What is yeah. the neighborhood called? That's like. You go up that hill, it's like the the hip area. Maybe it's Norco, North Congress. That might be it. Okay. Or SoCo for South Congress. Yeah. It's Soco something is, like that. Is, is, it's listed here as one of the leading hipster neighborhoods right after. My sister uh, was telling me when we went there that like the it's the highest property value in the city. Jeez, gross. Because it's got your like, you know, your Club Monaco and mm. your, you know, uh, the expensive restaurants and stuff, but there's also like hundreds of vintage shops and food trucks and all of that. Right. Where did I have you move? I don't, I, I, I knew it was downtown. Cause I know downtown Austin has been like one of the hottest, um, you said neighborhoods. third street, I think. Yeah. Third street and West. I just want to see exactly where that is. Uh, like what, I mean, it can't be too far from like, you know, there's like sixth street happening area. Mm-hmm. It's almost like your Hubbard Ave of Chicago. Right. So you then there's like are... Dirty Six, which is like more of like a divey biker bar kind of vibe. Ooh. A lot, but also a lot of uh, homelessness, as oh. they put it. Mm. Third Street and where is West? Yeah. Okay. So you're, I want to say you're not far from the warehouse district. Cool. I mean, everything's just a, like a lime scooter away. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at like Travis Heights here and um, East Austin and like a couple of these other neighborhoods that were listed on that. Oh, there's a Cherrywood also. Look at that. Hilarious. Ooh. Mm. So, and then here's how, yeah. So it's like, they're all really close to each other. So you would have been in a pretty hot part of town for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't be, you know, having to like, commute to the city for fun like no 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 and i probably wouldn't have i mean other me probably wouldn't have done that anyways right yeah no i mean figuring that like hey i'm gonna move to this place because i want to be a part of what's happening i there's no way in my mind that you would have ended up in like a suburb or like an hour away in some small town nearby no no you would have been because that's another big thing about me i uh i haven't been a uh, active member of the driver license club in years. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I, I gave up on that whole concept years ago. Okay. That's why I love, a, I love a good, uh, you know, metropolitan area with its yeah. amenities to, to move. Okay. Okay. Oh man, dude, if you ever go to Bangkok, Thailand, you would, you would love it there. So as a, like a single person trying to get from point A to point B, you have so many options, right? You have, the train, you have buses, you have these, they're like, they're, they're called like the red bus, but they're really just pickup trucks with like a canopy (laughs) on the back where people can, you can like go in and sit down. But the way it works is it just drives in a, in a, in a circle around the city, right. Or in a neighborhood. And there are no bus stops anywhere. If you see one coming, you flag it down. 
And then, yeah. And then you just like ding and it'll just stop right where you ding and drop you off. That's better than a bus. It's a, it's amazing. All right. So you have those, then you have all the Ubers and all that jazz, but then you have motorcycle taxis. What are motorcycle taxis? You ask? Well, let me tell you, you'll see a line of people outside of like a small convenience shop or ice cream shop or whatever, whatever. You'll just see a line of people. And then periodically you will see a motorcycle drive up. The person will say something to them, hop on the back and the motorcycle will zip off. You're essentially waiting for in a spot where these motorcycle taxis will come and just pick you up and take you somewhere. It's amazing. Oof. Yeah. So, I mean, how do you like, leave a review? Like, where's your five star rating system there? Well, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. But it's what I loved about that is, I mean, imagine in, in like the heart of downtown, either Chicago, Boston, wherever you've been where it's busy busiest when you have like motorcycles that are scooting around and riding between cars and all that jazz. Um, they just have taxis that do that. It's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. So it really cuts down on travel time. It's great. It's great. So, so that's my new company. I'll do it. Yes. Look, I really want one in the States. I wish, I wish we had them in the States. Just it'll be like uh, five guys, motorcycles and drives or something like that. Yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. I love it. I love it. Cool beans, man. So was there, was there anything else in the, in the story that, that stuck out to you? I mean, you mentioned that this is like the, the, the part of, of John that we know that is, you know, the brazen, the willing to do something at the drop of a hat. Was there anything else in there that I hit that? Yeah. I mean, I was very interested in that person's life um Mm. like six years ago like how you put it i was much more like untethered Mm -hmm. kind of you know i guess i was a little lost looking for something to kind of attach to Mm -hmm. and you kind of threw me into this friend group where i was the new guy and yeah sounds like i sounds like other john was doing well there Mm um i gave you you yeah i I had a job i probably wasn't too stressed about life I can imagine uh, other John Austin just living it up summertime kind of weather most of the year. Yeah. I don't know the, the sandals though. I've never been a sandals guy. Really? That's a, <laughs> when you said both of our, both of their toes basking in the oh, sunlight, yeah. like, I was like, I've always, I've always thought that uh, men's feet should be covered in public at all costs <laughs> okay and that's only based on i think that my feet are oof yeah that, for a first impression that's not going to get you anywhere right super gnarly definitely don't want to lead with your feet okay good to know but, but other john doesn't mind other yeah. john doesn't care what you think about his feet yeah he was just and, on a, like a thousand mile road trip in a yeah. minivan so he's like at he's this got point birkenstock sandals yeah. on or you know I'm maybe some rainbows it. reefs yeah. whatever I'm, whatever's cool in the flip-flop zone nowadays yeah. <laughs> he's on the forefront yeah that sounds about right that sounds about right and then and then you know this is six years ago what's he up to now maybe he found uh you know a nice a nice bride and he's mm-hmm. living in austin there you go moved out a little bit to a, a burb got right. a got a subaru oh Man. a subaru but she would drive because you're you don't drive well you know she might have been i'm not having a kid with you 
you don't get a license, so you can drive the, you know, kids to Chuck E. Cheese. That's still a thing? Um, For now. Pre-COVID? <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely pre-COVID. But I mean, can kids get COVID? Yeah, yes, yes, they you can. You don't see a lot of kids with masks on, but I mean, they're supposed to be wearing masks. I've seen like little kids at, with masks at the grocery store. Yeah, those but, ones have good parents. Yeah, but I, I think it's still a trip. I, like, it, it makes me sad because it makes me think like, ugh, there's nobody else that could watch this child. You had to bring them to the store. Oh yeah, because you want to limit your contact. Right. Yeah. So here I want to take you into the COVID zone so that we can get some apples and you know corn and some cereal. (laughs) It's like a great meal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean that's that's five star, five star meal right there. (laughs) Yeah, the kids you can't leave them at home, but also you know right. Do they make kid-sized masks? And does a kid keep the mask on? Oh, my God. Only if you tell them. Only if you, like, force the kid to, I suppose. Parents have hard times telling their kids to keep their clothes on, let alone a mask. Could you imagine if you had one of those kids that was just naked 100% of the time? It's like, this kid is six already, and I just cannot keep him in or keep him or her, even in underwear. They just will not wear clothes, right? And now you're like, sweetie, I know you hate clothes, but you have to wear this mask. No, 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 you know, and they just rip it off and run away and and then they're naked, right? Yeah, so. you'd have to convince them it was some form of like a hero costume or like a yeah. ninja outfit or something. Yeah. I think I, I think if if I think if I was a kid and my parents are like, all right, guess what, D? You're 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 actually a ninja. So you have <laughs> to wear this mask now so nobody sees your face. I would have eaten that up probably until I was like oh, 14. Yeah. I'd still be wearing the mask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would be Wait. my like. It'd be my comfy blanket. Yeah. Just this. Can I put on like the whole ninja suit or like no, sweetie, just the, just the mask. Okay. <laughs> All right. Whoa. And then I would do cartwheels and try and flip off of things, you know. Yeah, Halloween's gonna be a trip this year. Oh my goodness. I mean, if if it even happens in any way, ugh, it's so so strange. Yeah, trick or treating does not sound like something you would recommend. Yeah, CDC well, guidelines are asking us all to not trick or treat. Right. So, hey, uh, if you're listening to this uh, when it's posted, did we have Halloween? <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah, we're very curious. Let, let me know if I had Halloween. If we had Halloween this year, because <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's we're we're this is being recorded before Halloween, so. Um. We just don't know. What's, Most of what's Christmas, happening. you're pretty isolated. Kind of the worst part of Christmas is that you're like yeah. stuck with your family the whole yeah. time. You know, what? And maybe we'll do a lot of like the oh, grandma stayed outside and you know mm-hmm. didn't go through the screen door. Right, she's just waving at us from the other side in the bushes. Yeah, hey, grandma, freezing cold. Right. Um, I think my favorite part of this situation is not having to go to the store and Christmas shop. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't. So my wife is a very generous and kind human. And what she likes to do is, you know, find a gift and then beautifully, beautifully wrap it. If it was up to me, I would be like, all right, time to buy some gifts on Amazon and then just send it. And then like call my siblings and be like, Hey guys, uh, you're going to get a box that, that says yeah. it's from me. Just don't open it. 
Amazon gift wrapped it for me. Yeah. In a brown, in a brown cardboard box. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Yeah. I mean, there was one year I did a bunch of years ago because my family spread out all over where I paid on each gift to have it gift wrapped. And I was like, well, this is the one time this is happening ever. I'm not going to pay $5 per gift to be wrapped, you know, just to show up in a box. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> and if that was the one time you did it, they probably all didn't even think it was from you. Right, right. They're like, what happened here? Uh, yeah, there's this? wrapping paper and a bow. <laughs> this is not my brother. There's yeah. something's up. They call, he they might be call held me. hostage right now. Yeah. Hey, are you okay? We, we got a gift <laughs> and it's wrapped. <laughs> it's this a nice you? gesture. We're just yeah. checking in on you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So holidays are going to be a trip. It's like this dichotomy of, you know, relishing these moments of everything being so slowed down and sparse and as at the end, at the same time, kind of really missing all of the time that you would spend with people, you know? Yeah. And ironically, uh, so my, my brother and his uh, family um, and my wife and I, we responded the same way to the stay at home order here uh, in Chicago. So I would go see him because he didn't leave the house and we didn't leave the house. Right. So it's like, okay, I feel safe going to see you because you guys are both working from home. The kids are not going out to daycare. You're not even doing groceries. We weren't doing really groceries. So I'm like, okay. And so this summer, I probably saw my brother more this summer than I have in like the last five years combined. Cause you kind of closed your circles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a trip. So like the idea of all of the alone time, you know, that I thought I was going to really enjoy of this, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it to an extent, you know, it's given me a lot of time to focus on this podcast and really front load the episodes. Um, but at the same time, I kind of miss like, oh man, I just want to invite a friend over to watch movies with and, and, you know, invite people over to have dinner. This is like something that I, we're talking about doing every fall is throwing a dinner party. Right. And yeah. we, so we've thrown one for the last couple of years, but I mean, you can't do it this year. So I'm like, oh man, I really miss that. And especially because of how many people work at timeout. I'm like, oh, there are so many people that I would love to invite to this dinner party because they could bring a drink. Right. And just make it like, all right, this is, this is what we're eating. Bring a cocktail that would suit that. That's your job. If you want to come and eat food for free, you have to bring a cocktail sort of thing. You know? It's like such a fun, like normal thing that you would do. Yeah. And now it's like, there's almost like a fear. Like you're scared to do that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I have some other friends in the industry that probably would go socialize more mm -hmm. but they have like um felt like the pressure from their like industry yeah that it's like setting a bad example to do that so yeah. they don't yeah and then that turns into like a fear of being chastised by your you know your peers uh, and, equal yeah. peers so you don't do anything yeah man being social is i mean yeah. weird yeah, we're like uh, we're supposed to be creatures of social that. creatures, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, it's 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 like balancing the desire for health and safety against, you know, um 
the fellowship and, you know, socialization is super tough, you know, because like you, you really want to be like, all right, if everybody just stops, if we just stop for like a month, right. First off, there's nobody can survive on a month with nothing. Right. So, I mean, it's like, okay, what if, what if everybody, there are no such thing as essential services. Everybody stays home. We all just do it. We agree. All 330 million of us agree. We're staying home for two weeks. Right. How, like, what does that impact? You know, because if, if the life of it is meant to, uh, exist in like a short period of time, pass through your system and you might suffer from like the impact of this for an extended period of time, but just like the gestation period of the disease itself, you know, whatever the time period it would need to go through your system and be gone. How much sooner would be, we be back to life, you know? Well, that's the thing. It's not like the air is polluted. It's right. just that someone has a virus that can mm-hmm. be passed to other people. And the actual act of being around each other yeah. is how it still lives and breathes. Like when you get it mm-hmm. and go through it and it's over, you know, you know, obviously with the mindset that you've survived through it all. Yeah. You it's gone. Yeah. From your, from yourself. Yeah. And then if you don't have any ability to give it to someone else, the contact is not existent. Yeah. It's actually a very beatable thing. Right. <laughs> you just don't go around anyone. Yeah. And if we all, if there was a way for us all to actually just two weeks, a month, whatever, yeah. not interact with anyone for that time, then it goes, it goes away. Yeah. And it's simple. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's, you're asking something that is completely against human nature. Yeah. And I mean, completely th- against the way our society is set up. Yeah. You would course. never get zero people contacting each other. Right. Because we're always going to say, well, the firefighters have to work. Yeah. Well, the doctors and nurses have to work. Right. And then it trickles down. Well, you can't close McDonald's. Right. Well, you can't close the grocery eat. store. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't close 7-Eleven. Yeah. Well, you can't close this. Well, people want to be able to go take out... Oh, so now you're doing person that makes it, person that hands it to the person that delivers it, to the person that drives it, to the person that eats it. Yeah. Yeah. We're just not built for it. Yeah. Maybe someday we are. Maybe there's, you know, systems put in place. Yeah. So that it doesn't. Mm -hmm. But right now, we're not at capacity for that. It, It came too quickly and there was no preparation. Yeah. And this might be like, you know, five, 10, 15 years from now, there might be something that's more contagious or more deadly or, you know, more stays in your system longer, has more negative effects. Yeah. And they're going to use what they learned now Mm -hmm. for then. Sure. Hopefully. Hopefully. And we deal with it better. Yeah. Hopefully. Because everything, when it first started, they were like, oh, this is just like the Spanish flu of 1914. It's like, yeah. We do not live in the same world as the people of 1914. 18, 1918. 1918. That's what it was? Yeah. Yeah. 1918, 1919. Yeah. I mean, but, and to think it, it lasted like a year and like 50 million people died. Yep. So. And I think that they said the second half of it was worse than the first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my man, my wife told me today that she's like, Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've heard this, but they're projecting 
there's 200,000 deaths now that will double that by the end of the year. And I was like, why? <laughs> but, but why? Yeah. You know, we've been in this for so long. Surely people have learned, you know. Well, the, 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 you know, the way that it happened with the time of year and everything is that mm-hmm. we all don't have the symptoms of a normal cold or this or that. Right typically this time of year later come November, December. And, and those times you might be like, Oh, I just, I just must have a cold. cold. Yeah. But you could be also giving this virus to 20 people a day. Yeah. Yeah. Cool beans, cool beans. All right. So was there anything else about the story you wanted to talk about? Um, I honestly just hope you continue to write more about other John. And okay. you continue to give me the details on what's going on with him currently. Okay. I'm not going to compare myself to him because okay, you can't good. do that in life. Right. You just live your own life. Yep. Other people have their other things going and that's fine. Yeah. Other John might technically be me, mm-hmm. maybe even a better me. Maybe he's better John. <laughs> I don't know that now. Better John. Because um, I don't know how safe it is in Texas. I'm sure right. maybe he has a hard time, you know, coping with the traffic rules there or what have you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe there's, you know, maybe had an accident. I don't want to speak on that. Sure. But overall, I'm, I'm happy with his decision. Good. And I hope him the best. I, I do. I hope him the best. Good. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, hope, he, I, I hope other D and other John somehow meet. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe I, there's a, a shampoo commercial that they shoot down in Austin and you nice. get flown down there. Right. Or other D gets flown down there. And I make it to what, what bar did I have you working at here? Let me see. The Draft House Pub and Brewery. Oh, I thought yeah. the Draft House was a movie theater, but still. Yeah. Oh, Alamo Draft House is a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking cool. at like sweet bars in, in Austin and that one popped up as like, it was like kind of new. Um, the, six years ago, I always try and find stuff that is appropriate to the time. So that one was like kind of new six years ago, but they still have, you know, a pretty active like Facebook page. So I was like, Oh, oh cool. That's great. And they're still making stuff. So I if, would love if, if you you're could in the like... Austin area and you recognize that pub, woo woo. Cool beans. <laughs> yeah. <I'm> shouting you <laughs> and, out. <laughs> and if it's still open in January, I, I yeah. hope everyone's doing well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's too bad people from 2006 can't listen to this podcast go, wow, they are on the cusp of coolness right now. <laughs> right? Oh, man. That's so funny. Uh, cool beans, man. Yeah. Great cool times. Beans. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I like to think also, going back to what you said, I like to think that Other D meets all of the people in these at some point. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And they don't even recognize each other because they're others. Yeah. You know. So I wouldn't have other D is not going to have the same friendship or relationship or acquaintanceship with any other people, but definitely he definitely meets everyone. I yeah. Think. And he might not even have a beard. Yeah, he probably doesn't. And he's probably taller <laughs> and, and slimmer. He's, he does a better job of taking care of his body. Other D does. All right. Now we're talking about something completely different. Now oh, we're what? just huh? inventing better versions of ourselves. <laughs> Was that what we're doing? Dang. Whoops. Taller and thinner. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> Yeah, I always used to give my parents grief because I was born three weeks pr- premature. I always used to give them grief. Why did you let me come out so early? I would have been taller. And they're like, oh, sweetie, that's not how that works. I'm like, you, 
Yes, it does. Why did you do this to me? I could have been a tall baby. Yeah. I wish I would have been a tall baby. I was a really tiny kid. A really tiny kid. Yeah. Well, you never know. It might come down to how much milk you drink. I guess. They always say those like football players like, I gave my kids a gallon of milk a day. Yeah, right. Oh my! One of my friends, he drinks like a gallon of milk every couple of days, and not just in his coffee. nowadays as yeah. an adult. Yeah, even like this is. So he's the type of guy that you go out for steaks, right? And everyone's like getting a, a cocktail, or maybe you're younger and you're going out for a, a decent meal, right? People are grabbing soda pops or you know interesting non-alcoholic drinks. Uh, may I please have a glass of milk, tall one, please? That's, I'm sorry. Yeah. He sounds like, you know, you speak of him as a friend, but <laughs> milk when you go out. That oh, is... yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to love the heck out of that. We'd go out for pizza and we're like, oh, can I have a piece of milk? Uh, a, gla- a piece. I'd like a piece of milk, please. Like a One glass of milk. slice of milk. Yes. So we'd be eating pizza and he's drinking milk there. I'm like, bro, go out for burritos. Milk, please. So, yeah. But he's he's not like tall and strong so he taught me early on that it was a myth that if you drink a bunch of milk then you become big and strong which i'm glad for i mean he's strong he's yeah. just not like yeah he's a milk bud yeah yeah so case of the milk bud oh my favorite my favorite kind of milk bud more my, my favorite kind of bod anyway ah oh, cool beans all right. So very cool. Yeah. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much, John, for being on the show. Uh, and with that, we will wrap up today's episode of Other You. Um, it has been a fun time. Please, again, check him out if you want to see what it looks like and you're not on the website. Uh, <laughs> at John Francis Shea on Instagram. Give him a gander. Yeah, I promise I will try to post more on there. There you to go. Show what Please. I truly look like. <laughs> that would be great. That would be great. Um, for John, I am D. Thanks again for being here. Please come back next week for another episode of Other You. But for now, bye bye. <laughs>